0: Well, I'll be seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly, when I see an elephant.
1: Casey Jonesy coming down the track, he had a heart attack from smoking all the crack. That one? Yeah, that one. You want to do it again? No. Okay. <laughs>
0: How you doing, Tim? I'm good, man. It looks like uh, looks like we got good levels, I think and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about this one. I'm
1: excited about this one too. I think that every now and then it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to keep checking those levels. Uh, but I think after nine fucking episodes, we might have finally figured out what it is we're doing here. Let's hope. God damn it, let's hope it is. It has been a nightmare trying to edit these things to sound good when the raw footage sounds like garbage.
0: Now you know, bitch. Okay, thanks. No, but you're right. Now I know. Um, so today, we're getting into the Two Towers of our 1941 trilogy. Dumbo. Is that Now, hold on.
1: When you say we're getting into the Two Towers of the 1941 trilogy, is that a reference to the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. And the Two Towers is the second part of the Lord of the Rings? No, it's the third part. I just said the
0: third part instead. So the first part is the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. And then you get the Two Towers. No, remember I just said the Two Towers is the third part. Then the third part? Yeah, pa- it's the second part. And then where's The Hobbit come into play? The Hobbit's the prequel. That's when uh, Mr. Stork is banging J- Mrs. Jumbo. <laughs> uh,
1: I think we're uh, jumping ahead of ourselves here.
0: Yeah, but why don't you give me a little bit of backstory?
1: Uh, how about we tell the people who the fuck we are and what the fuck we're doing? Welcome to another episode of Plusin' and Cussin'. My name is Deefy.
0: And I am finally timothy q mouse motherfucker oh it's about goddamn time so i um i've been waiting to step into my namesake and while i I tend to cut out the childhood stories this one's rather important to like my identity so tell it Uh, cut it out later my legal name is Ahmed Ibrahim Hussein? Now, why don't His, you try saying that? Why don't you try saying that? Ahmed, As m- my best friend, that's known me for um, like fucking damn near twenty years. Going on twenty years, over twenty years. Say it. Ahmed Ibrahim Hussein. Okay, you said uh, it wrong. All right, so I did. Now imagine is it just me? Brahim? Imagine me. No, you said every single one of them kind of wrong. Okay, all right, not really Hussein. That's fine. Um, so imagine me younger than need. Cute little white kid that my mom's taking around, uh-huh. my pretty blonde white mom, uh-huh. taking around uh, to all these white people in the 80s uh-huh. and introducing me. And they're like, oh, what's your little boy's name? And she's like, his name is Ahmed. Ahmed. And they're like, what? Um, They don't mean anything by it, but it makes me feel some type of way. Yeah. Um, I quickly became a self-loathing Arab. And... So I started doing the thing that a lot of kids do, which is adopting a new name and being so insistent upon it that my mom, uh, I made, I refused to answer to anything, but whatever I was into at at, at that given week. So um, any given week, I was um, Mario, Luigi, Uh Elliot from E.T. That one stuck for a long time. I was Elliot for a long time. I could see he as an Elliot. Um, I was... Every single Ninja Turtle. Uh Uh-huh. Mostly Donatello. Yep. And the week before preschool started, before I went to Arlington Country Day, Uh my mom said, okay, you can't be shifting names around all the time. You don't have to be Ahmed at school, but you do have to pick a name and stick with it. And I might have been watching Dumbo right then and there, and I was super into timothy q mouse who's whose name i don't think they even mention in the fucking movie at all do they do they print it at the end maybe maybe it's in the maybe I, it's I they don't like, remember you See the... it written
1: one time does he introduce him to hey that, no. i'm timothy no. Q. mouse my name is timothy q mouse i'm a mouse out of the house and i sing like this
0: no he never does that he never his name is never mentioned i think they have his name at the end when he's standing there like with the war shit on so how do you know he's tim the mouse like how would how would you have a
1: child known he was Tim? He has to say his name at some point in this thing, right? We both just and he is, it. he is not Tim.
0: He's Timothy, Timothy. As I was until third grade, Timothy the mouse. But anyways, yep, that was it. I was Timothy from there on out, and I became Tim at a certain point. And you've been Tim, and the it whole was time. it was it was embedded too much into like everybody that knew me.
1: You're so Tim that when people find out your real name, they're like, "No, you're not." Yeah, and I have to pull out my ID and show it to them and stuff,
0: and yeah, people think I'm fucking with them. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, it happened yesterday, up at, at, at blue star. So. Where somebody's like, "No, you're not." Uh, yeah. So I mean, now now I've I've embraced it. I I st- you know I for a while there I was like, "Oh, I'm going to change my name legally when I turn 18." And by that by that time I'd like been to Lebanon and um, you know had started embracing some aspects of of. Um, ...of Arabic culture, if not the religion, which I didn't. <laughs> uh,
1: so you're not the only person I know who went through the whole name change scenario as a kid. Uh, my little brother did it a lot, too. Uh, Tyler Perry Edwards. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Irvin Edwards. Uh, my, my favorite was for a long time, he was Nick-Nack Paddywhack, Give a Dog a Bone. That was the name. You had to say the whole thing. And then that was shortened for a few months to just Nick. We just called him Nick for a while. Then we named a dog Nick... And he couldn't be Nick anymore. But then that's when we dropped him off at the ball pit at uh, Incredible Universe. You remember that place? Yeah. Shit was fucking awesome. Uh, So we dropped him off uh, at Incredible Universe, and went to pick him up. And my mom goes, "I'd like to pick up my son." And the lady goes, "Which one's your son?" Uh, And my mom goes, "Yeah, I know this that one over there that Andrew, Andrew Edwards." She's like, "No, there's no Andrew here." And my mom's like, "That kid right there, that's my son. His name is Andrew." And the lady goes, "Oh, him." No, that's Indar. <laughs> uh, and so Andrew continues to this day to be known as
0: Indar. That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but no, my favorite was absolutely Nick Neck, Give a Dog a Bone. If, 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 if Aini insisted that we call her that, I would just stop talking to her. I would stop addressing her.
1: Ooh, Aini got really mad at me last week because uh, I was mispronouncing Ishtar.
0: How, how did she insist that it was pronounced? Ishtar. And you were saying? Ishtar. Oh, yeah. And
1: Seastar and star And Sitar. I was mispronouncing it on purpose.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, she did not care So you that realize that it's fun to troll her, right?
1: No. Sometimes. It
0: depends. The moment has to be right. Oh, you sit on your high horse, motherfucker. I'll troll my daughter all day. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Okay. I am a little bit confused as to why my belly isn't burning with some disgusting liquid yet.
1: that's I think I think that's what what we need to get this party started. So we've told everybody who we are we told everybody what we're doing but I wanted you to I, I picked this up today Wait, well, I thought you were gonna hand me that bottle of Don Julio no. That's just decoration. Well that, what the fuck is this shit? The Don Julio is for Deef Troop. You'll have to come visit sometime. Fuck that. You didn't you didn't know? I guess you haven't heard the latest
0: episode. On Deef Troop we drink Julio. I, I watched you guys uh on Twitch for a little bit as I was coming up on acid. <laughs> <laughs> and I started talking shit to people in the uh in the Twitch. Yeah. Uh huh. Um there was some guy named like Rompy Kitty. That's cousin Kyle. Oh, Kyle's Rompy Kitty? Uh, Kyle's, I think Kyle's everybody in the Twitch stream. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just has like four laptops going. He's like fucking Ozymandias in, uh, in uh, Watchmen. Anyway, I was at the liquor store today, and I was like, okay, this is a really fucking important episode.
1: This is Tim's namesake. This is part two in our 1941 trilogy. I need something that really speaks to the idea of Dumbo. And then I just picked this up off the shelf. Uh, and I thought that the the color scheme of the bottle really really fit really well. You've got this uh, clown flag right here. In oh the yeah, middle. it's like a big top. It
0: looks like a big top, right? It, it invokes circus. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm getting circus from this. Absolutely, and it's made from. I feel peanuts. like I can. If you put your your ear up to the mouth of the bottle, uh-huh. you can almost hear a Calliope.
2: Whoo! <whistles> Whoo! <whistles> <whistles>
0: Is that your calliope noise? Yes. It's literally the notes that the calliope does in the movie. (laughs) It's better than mine. Yeah, you just did a fucking stoned owl. All right. Well, anyway, uh, this is called Jepson's Malort.
1: Hmm. Uh, Yeah. The aroma and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical has a bitter taste that's savored by two-fisted drinkers. Never had it before. Like the ones in front of Trump Tower? Like the ones in front of Trump Tower. Uh, But this episode is brought to you by Jepson's Malort. If you love the smooth aroma of hot burning tires, then the you're you're going to love... I don't know. You're going to love Jepson's Malort. So just go to the Jepson's Malort that's probably fine. Instagram page. Uh, like and subscribe and tell them Plusin and Cussin sent you. No, really. Click any link and say Plusin and Cussin sent
0: me. Jepson's Malort might be mad at me because when I was on said acid, so they decided to... The neutral parties um, in the election, and there's a uh, a post that Jepson's Malort made on Instagram with a bro wearing an American flag tank top and chugging some Malort. Straight from the fucking bottle. I've no, I don't know if anybody does that. I do, it, I do it almost every day. Do you really? Yeah, it's easier to just take sips of it than make a glass dirty. You drink Malort every day? Yeah, Th- I-, I started thinking about like this is probably the drunkest I get every week. Oh, oh, well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, but, anyways, Jepson's Malort has this post says, Some finally something we can all agree on, Jepson's Malort. And uh, about two hours into the trip, thought I'd make it funny. And I go to their website and I make a comment It says, Finally, something we can agree on at Jepson's Malort tastes bad. So, they might, be, they might be a little ticked off if, if it registered as anything more than a little blip.
1: Well, to make sure we don't get cut off by our sponsors, go uh, dislike Tim's comment and reply. You can't dislike something on Instagram. It's not fucking Reddit. Change the code. <laughs> dislike Tim's comment on Instagram. Go to Jepson's Malort and say, Pleasant and Cousin sent me. Hmm. Change my mind, Jepson's oh. Malort.
0: This is delicious. <laughs> no, it's still bad. Oh. <laughs> But you know that DJ Stiefs are something that, like, I didn't know about. Motherfucker, you had a a cooler? There's always
1: a cooler in here.
0: It's been so long, I didn't even know. It's been a long time since you've been here.
1: I feel like we're trying to figure out how to get back into this. How to do what we've been doing. Shut up! I've got more practice with Alexis. It's been a month, Tim.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know the chronology of what we're doing. I know this is supposed to be 1941, mm-hmm. slash a little bit into 1942 when we get into the next episode, so right? Should
1: I do a previously on Pluson and Cousin uh, as to how we got here and why we're here right now? I yeah. think I should. Yeah, so, yeah. Previously on Disney Pluson and Cussin, we watched The Reluctant huh. Dragon, and The Reluctant Dragon is a movie all on its own, but around the time of the premiere, we learned about the Disney strike. Uh, the Great Animators Strike of 1941. Okay, so it's called the Animator Strike? The Animator Strike. There were no writers involved. This is... God damn it. I know. I, I, can, I can edit the... Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I noticed you did that, but I didn't say anything, because it's not a big deal. Anyway, this was an Animator Strike, and last week we learned a lot about Art Babbitt, and... Uh, yeah, oh,
0: oh, ad nauseum, motherfucker. We learned... Jesus a... Christ, how much do you fap in here to Art fucking Babbitt? Oh, well... More Marge. You invoked than his anything. name so many times. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, guess what, buddy? I'm going to talk about him some more today. Uh, we also learned about Bill Titla, who were, you know, Disney's lead
0: animators. Arguably, he deserves more talking about today than, than Babbitt, even. Tightla? Yeah. I mean, he's the head animation director of this film. He, that's true. But, Vladimir
1: Taitla. Yes. His friends called him Bill. Sure. For, for the same reason as your friends Ukrainian. call you Tim
0: because that's what he preferred. Okay, go on. Uh anyway, what are you are you insinuating? Are you making an analogy between me being wanting to be called Tim and like a preferred pronoun?
1: No. Uh, but I did see something on the internet that said if you're talking to a crowd of non-binaries, you have to announce them by saying Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. That's which, pretty good, that's which, pretty good. Yeah, which is something that I want to go I just with. switched to
0: Spanish and just say Ustedes. Well.
1: 1941, this is part two of the trilogy, and this is the year that all fucking hell breaks loose, not only for Disney, but for America. So the reluctant dragon came out, the The animator strike is happening.
0: crouched at the starting line. Dragons are quitting their job striking lines. I hear our kids singing into the unknown. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it turns out that uh, our kids hear us singing everything we sing while we're recording, and they just go to sleep listening and talking about us. <laughs> At least that's what I've been told.
0: I think Aini's going to be a better singer than I ever was. Uh, I'm not worried about that with Addie. <laughs> She's gonna be much smarter than me. Well, I'm uh, certainly not worried about need being like a world class pole vaulter or anything either. Yeah, <laughs> bitch can't even run. People look at her at the at the at the playground and like they're like, "Hey, look at that special little kid running around <laughs> and crying anytime anybody tags her, which they do very quickly because she's slow." Uh,
1: watching her try to climb the little rock wall on the playground outside, cracking me up. She got like three steps up and she like she's like,
0: "Cross." Well, she'll, she'll she'll she'll. I need help. She'll get all the way up eventually, and then talk about how how brave she was and how how much of an accomplishment it was, like very articulately. Yeah. After that, the other kids have already like gone down the slide three times. Yeah.
1: So this is this is the year where Disney's moved into the new studios. He's fucking broke. Pinocchio hasn't made any money. Fucking Fantasia hasn't made any money. We've spent all the money we have making making these studios and now suddenly reluctant dragon comes out as a big fucking uh piece about how fucking great we are and then come the premiere it turns out all my friends aren't my friends everybody's mad at me art babbitt's fucking mad at me fucking titla's fucking mad at me everybody's fucking angry and they're all gonna quit and the whole world's against me and it throws walt into a fucking deep dark spiral and two months Later, fucking Dumbo comes out, and we're at the end of the year. It's October nineteen forty one, I believe, at this point. What year did Dumbo? I'm oh, sorry. What month did Dumbo come out? I want to say it's October. Let's look it up, because uh, okay. we've we've got the time. I want to not get this wrong, because the timeline is a little fucked. Because it's so it's
0: it's all crammed in there, huh?
1: It's uh it, it, it all happens at once. Because what we're gonna what we're gonna be cramming into these three episodes is. Summer, 1941, The Reluctant Dragon comes out. October 23rd,
0: 1941, Yeah, um, Dumbo releases. Dumbo. See? Yeah. I know my shit. So they get, uh, basically the um, Waltz El Grupo gets back just in time for Dumbo to hit the theaters. Just in time for Dumbo to hit the theaters. And thank fucking Christ... When Dumbo hits the theaters, pe- by the way, I have I have like, like I have it. a correction from some stuff I said last time, which I think I might have corrected in episode. But just to be clear, the only animator that went down, the only animator that went down to South America was Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas, yeah. Okay.
1: Um. So Walt's been to South America. He comes back. He's still angry, but Roy's smoothed everything over, and now it's it's October. The air is crisp. And it's time for Dumbo to come out. And the people love it. They're going to see it. They're going to see it fucking twice. Really? Now, mind you, Dumbo really resonates. And we'll talk more a little bit later about how much Dumbo resonates with America and how finally we're in the money. We're fucking making bank again. Everything is okay. We smoothed over the animator strength. Now, now I,
0: hold on. I, I, wanna, I have one question, really. Mm-hmm. And So how long has Dumbo been in production? Six or seven years, I think. Six or seven
1: years? Yeah, Bambi took nine years, and Bambi is the next thing that we're going to talk about. Oh, shit. I hate Bambi. Well, Bambi comes out next year. Oh, yeah. I guess so, huh? Yeah. Um, We're going to talk more about that, too. We're going to talk a little bit about Bambi uh, during this episode.
0: Okay. Okay. So I think that we had said at one point, and I want to—I just want to stay on brand with like being mm-hmm. correct. Not mm-hmm. that that's on brand for us at all. Um, <laughs> Listening to we every can, yo fuck I'm you. We can watch shit We can walk shit back. Yeah. Um, did, I've learned. Did we so say? Much. Did we say that Disney used the State Department money to help make Dumbo? Maybe but
1: that's not true. That can't be true. It's not true. Okay. <laughs> well, while, while we're in the I might have been wrong about that corner. Uh in the last episode, I think I had talked about believing that a lot of what happened in Dumbo, the way it's animated was because of the animator strike and it wasn't. This shit was in the bank mostly in the in the bank. Most of the animation had been completed by the time the animator strike rolled around. There's still some bits and pieces that need to get finished after the the animator strike, but 95% of this thing is done come animator, animator strike time. It's done. We're in post-production. We're adding some new pieces here and there. There's an Easter egg that gets filled in because of uh, the animator strike, but otherwise, most of this is in the bag. So it's one hell of a year, and here comes Dumbo, right? We – summertime, Reluctant Dragon, moving into – Animator Strike, moving into Walt saying, fuck it, going to South America, hanging out with El Grupo. Here comes Dumbo, and then we're flying high on Dumbo. And not to spoil part three, but uh, uh-oh, uh the Japs are a-comin'. And I only say that because it's 1941.
0: The Japanese people,
1: <laughs> they are
0: a-comin' to bomb us. I sometimes get in trouble for putting, like, sub-Japs on like a, a ticket, it's sub howls, bro. You got to okay, say. Okay, well, sub it used to
1: be sub japs. No, it, way back in the day, it was sub japs. But I learned at Chili's that it's
0: sub howls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, Chili's, uh, it was Mr. Jim's where I did japs.
1: Yeah, plenty of japs at Mr. Jim's. <laughs> at Chili's, they're jowls.
0: <laughs> um, Mr. Jim's parking lot is the only time I ever smoked crack. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: this episode
0: brought to you by. Justin you know what McCulloch I did after I smoked crack, crack? No, I went. You uh, so you you delivered Zaz before, right? Yes, I have. So you know how you go to people's houses and uh, and then they're like, "You're a cool dude. Come hang out with us afterwards, man." <laughs> uh, so after I smoked crack, I was like, "What am I going to do?" <laughs> and then I remembered some dudes that had been like, "You're a cool dude. Come hang out with us." And I drove to their apartments on like South Green Oaks or like up North North Green Oaks, and I fucking knocked on their door. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" <laughs> I woke up, yeah, I woke up, like, on the arm of their couch, and I remember, like, listening to the, at the time, New Tool album
2: <laughs> and talking
0: about how Tool were thunder gods or whatever. Oh and, man. Uh, Yeah, that was how I spent the one and only time I ever smoked crack. <laughs> These guys were all like, is this guy going to be here for 10,000 days? Nah, man, they did not care. They They loved me. They wanted to hang out more. Again, I was like, uh, I am out of here, motherfuckers. I'm going to the Waffle House. (laughs) I'm going to get smothered and covered.
1: Good for you. Really good for you. At least I can say I've done it once. So the Jowls are flying into Pearl Harbor, and that's how we're going to end the year. Is fucking Pearl Harbor, man. This year started with Fantasia. You remember how fucking badass we thought 2020 was going to be? Like, at the end of 2019? I don't know that I did. No, no. no, Everybody, it was, the memes were all like, it's the roaring 20s. You got fucking, you got Leonardo DiCaprio memes with the fucking champagne coupe glass. You know the one I'm talking about. And you got, you got, it it was fucking 4th of July, Saturday, Halloween, Saturday, two different Friday the 13th. It was supposed to be a real humdinger of a year. And it, it didn't turn into that. That's how people felt about 1941. It was supposed to be a real humdinger of a year, but now Disney's broke. But here comes Dumbo, and that's what we're talking about today. Dumbo is brought to you by Dick Humor and Joe Grant. Uh, Dick Humor, by the way, is what we're best at. <laughs> okay. uh, sorry. Uh, so Dick Humor and Joe Grant were the lead writers for this thing, and we talk a lot in Plus and Cussing about the animators, but this is one of those situations where Dick and Joe deserve a lot of the credit For what happened here, so Dumbo starts off as a children's book, and it's, it was... Right, I couldn't find a whole lot on that. So there's no copies left, and it was a, it was a husband and, I can't remember the name of the authors, and we could look it up and look like professionals, should we?
0: Sure. No. I got it, I got it. Um, It was a storyline written by Helen Aberson and Harold Pearl and illustrated by helen durney for the prototype of a novelty toy Roll a book rolla book
1: so helen and helen uh write dumbo the story and it's it's a fun little romp about about, harold. about dumbo harold harold's there too but i like saying helen and helen helen
0: wrote it helen drew it she, it was harold was bookended by Helen. Is that a helen poem? and helen made a harold sandwich we're Helen and Helen.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
0: don't uh, so, know why you went there, but I respect it.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Dumbo is is really... The whole reason they ever wrote it was for this this concept of roll-a-book, which was supposed to be this, this fun toy-slash-book where you turn a little crank and the story and pictures... Sort of slide through. It's the Teddy Ruxpin of 1940. The 1940 Teddy Ruxpin. Absolutely. Or the Addie calls them Buttons, the magic book that reads itself when you push the little buttons. You know what I'm talking about? I think we got need some for her birthday or something. Uh, this is that. There are zero copies existing of this book, but some of Helen's drawings still exist. Now, Disney scoops up the rights to this fucking fast, and it's been in production for for a few years. Bambi took nine years. Uh so Snow White, Bambi, and uh Dumbo are all sort of happening around the same time. Um uh, as well as Pinocchio. Now Pinocchio was all aboard. Uh but Disney draws Disney buys up the rights and gives them to Dick and Joe. Now Dick Humor and Joe Grant really love this story, but to get they to get Disney to do this the way they want him to do this, because Disney's one of those guys where it, sort of if it's not his idea, it wasn't his idea, right? So what they do is feed Walt the script in installments. They keep giving him cliffhangers, which sort of drives the way the movie happens. We keep seeing sad shit happen or exciting shit happen. It's Dumbo's about to be born. Cut. Boom, there he
0: is. It's This du- movie can be a real sad fest for a good chunk of it. It
1: The first three quarters of this thing are just a sad sack of shit. The first three quarters of this movie are like the first 15 minutes of up. Anyway, Dick and Joe uh, sell this to Walt in installments. And Walt keeps going, that's good, we need to run with it. That's good, we need to run with it. Um, and they're putting little little caricatures in the sidelines. Uh, but Dick Humor and Joe Grant deserve a lot of credit for... For driving the story of Dumbo, Joe Grant sets up the the modeling the department where they set up the trinkets and
0: and Be- where Clark. Benchley steals his 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 fat material. When when Benchley steals
1: the black centaur, mm-hmm. that's Joe Grant's model department.
0: Okay, I love those things.
1: They're fucking amazing. I'd pay a hundred
0: dollars for one of them, and they're probably worth way more than that.
1: So now we've got. This is the transition from old guard to new guard. We talk a lot about the nine old men, and we're going to talk a lot about the nine old men in the future. We're not going to talk a lot about the nine old men today. Most of the nine old men are currently working on Bambi, whereas the older crew, the guys
0: who worked on Snow White. And guys, that aren't going to get a whole lot of work here in the future, right? The, these are the guys. That Which are... is why maybe this is the last really, really good thing.
1: This, uh, no, Bambi's fucking excellent. And we, I, the nine old men bring us all the fun shit that we really love about the 60s. This isn't the
0: last really, really good thing. This is, this is the,
1: this is, this is the passing of
0: the torch. I fucking, the 60s feel like the hanna Barberaism of Disney, though. I, It's like they found a way to expedite it.
1: They did. They, they did. And th- that- they learned how to fucking expedite it here on Dumbo. Dumbo was we got no money left. Like Dumbo is the
0: economy of animation. Dumbo, I feel like there's more care and cinema. Like there, it, it's more cinematic than it is with some of that like, with some of that sixty shit. I'll agree with you
1: to a point, um, but that's the magic of Disney. Like they did so much with so little in this movie.
0: All right, well what else you got? I want I want to get into this.
1: All right. Uh well that's that's really all we need to dig into right now. I just wanted to give Dick Humor and Joe Grant the credit that they deserve for writing a story that really lends itself to simple animation and I want us all to remember while we're discussing Dumbo what Pinocchio looked like, what Fantasia looked like, what fucking Snow White looked like because this wasn't that. Right. This wasn't the pinnacle of animation and the holy shit, they're never going to do anything better than that in terms of animation. The story here is the real feature. The characters here are are the real excitement. It wasn't holy shit, that's great Disney animation. It's holy shit, they can they can make anything work because Pinocchio was perfection, cinematic animation perfection. There was detail and everything with Dumbo all the backgrounds are watercolor. Like there's watercolor, there's shortcuts, there's silhouette. There's a lot of budget animation tricks done with that Disney magic that sell it completely. And and that that is Bill Tytla again. That is Art Babbitt in their real last hurrah. If they had never taken a job again, this would be their...
0: Their swan song. Huh? Their swan song. Yeah. Um, So we've got our opening sequence, which is um, a lot of circus music, um, a lot of pictures of clowns and Mm -hmm. big tops and animals and lions that are, you know, just paintings really Uh, Um, in in the middle of, you know, which, you know, we're not necessarily paying attention to as the layman, but as, as us, um, you know, we're kind of looking for some of these names now. The most prominent of which are going to be on the animation direction side, where we're going to see at the very, very top Vladimir Taitla, and somewhere a little bit down that page Art B- Art Babbit, um,
1: who you know they used to call him Babs and Tits, no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they should have. So we get this this opening sequence with clouds and rain and sleet. And, um, you know, you have your intrepid travelers through that being a flock of storks. It's their job. The opening sequence is... You know, if these
1: storks were in charge of the mail, we wouldn't be having the election problems we're having right now.
0: Look out for Mr. Stork, a persevering chap, to come along and drop a bundle in your lap. You may be poor or rich, it doesn't matter which
2: millionaires, they get theirs. Like the butcher and the baker, so look out for Mr. Stork. And let me tell you, friend, don't try to get away, he'll find you in the end. He'll spot you out in China, or he'll fly to county court, so you better look out for Mr. Stork.
0: So we get this flock of storks dropping off um, bundles of joy. Two different animals. Um, First, we see them. uh, They are circling over a map. Of Florida. Yeah. So you've got your your flyover states or your garbage fire states, if you will. Uh Uh-huh. And Georgia, it would seem, has just turned blue. Uh, And then so they're just dropping these little sheet bundles of cum. To all of these uh, expectant mother animals, I
1: was shocked at Art Babbitt's decision to have the storks insert the bundles in each
0: animal. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lo- I thought it was a lot. Storks don't have dicks; it's just the fucking cloaca, as your dad once told me. Shit, piss, come—it all comes out of the same hole. Th- that's a Lenny Edwards quote. <laughs> yeah, that is seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a joke. That's a Lenny Edwards quote. So, you have all of these different animal mothers. Receiving, not to be confused with Animal Mother, from Full Metal Jacket. Or Animal's Mother from
1: Muppet Babies.
0: <laughs> yeah, she was a very prominent lady. Speaking of prominent ladies, our frumpy leading lady missed her delivery. Mister um, Mr I... delivery? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the zebra gets its baby. The lion gets its cubs. Um, the giraffe, that's one of the really cute ones all all knock-kneed and um uh, walking over to its mama It gets two parachutes as it gets dropped uh, one for the body one for the neck mrs jumbo our leading lady she misses a delivery she doesn't get one
1: fucking amazon
0: um and she is sad she's sad because uh somebody came in her at some point and she's expecting a fucking baby next we get a travel sequence um, so they're shoving their fat asses into the boxcars. All these fucking elephants, and um, we get to revisit Casey Jr. Now, the way that I feel about Casey Jr. is like when I would, when I used to be in bands and like I would write a riff for something, and then you know I'd have a song going and I'd realize, hey, um, we can stick this riff into this song. This will work in this. This fits here. Yeah, let's use this. Fits this. here. Let's use this. So Casey Junior becomes um, the means of travel for all of these circus animals, and they don't. You know, I, they might have made a, a short that that hit the airwaves at some point, but this is this is what everybody. This is how everybody's gonna remember Casey Junior.
1: Where the Reluctant Dragon was the last
0: place we saw Casey Junior, right?
1: Had we seen him before that? No. Now, did we know when we met Casey Junior in the Reluctant Dragon that he was from Dumbo? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now.
0: There were moments of cold and there were flashes of light. <sighs> there were things I'd never do again, but then they'd always seem to ride. There were
1: nights of little pleasure. <laughs>
0: up and all the animals up
1: <laughs> makes me want to go on a trip Casey Jr. going down the track he had a heart attack he smoked away too much crack uh, why does why does this song make you want to go on a trip just the imagery no it's
0: not the imagery like maybe the imagery mixed with the music
1: this is my favorite song in this thing
0: All aboard. Margaret Wright, Peter Frampton's mother she did such DC a great job coming down the track, coming down wanted to touch on that line time for laminated crackerjack what the fuck does that mean time for lemonade and crackerjack
1: casey jr's back casey jr's back not time for laminated crackerjack lemonade and is it a, uh, a a yummy drink made from lemons?
0: Uh, time for lemonade and cracker jacks. Time
1: for lemonade and cracker jacks. Casey Junior's back. Casey Junior's back. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a fucking circus train. What do you get at the circus? You get lemonade and cracker jacks. They're not selling
0: you Pepsi. They ain't got Pepsi at the circus yet. You get lemonade. I didn't say anything about Pepsi, but I didn't. I didn't know Kinko's that they had a Kinko's tent at the circus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I was following you, but I don't think I made it to where you were going.
0: (laughs) Well, we're all going on the train with KC Jr., okay? You know who else is going to that train? One of the Mr. Storks. Finally. Uh, He's just
1: been running a little bit behind. He's
0: running a little bit behind because he's a little bit bumbling. Um, And he sits on a cloud. Now, I remember having anxiety about this because he keeps... Setting the bundle on the cloud while he's checking his map, while he's checking his ways, um, and uh, the bundle keeps kind of slipping through the ephemeral nature of said cloud. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, "You're gonna drop the fucking bundle, dude! How many? How many? How many
1: animals do you think have
0: perished, perished at the hands of, of this of fool?
1: Like three. Now." Imagine you're just living your life, right? Like you wake up, you go to work, you read the newspaper. Oh, there's some shit happening in Europe. Gonna be a gonna be a weird year. Uh, and then just out of nowhere, in front of your suburban home in Michigan, uh, a giraffe falls to its death, like in front of you from the sky. You're just, and this is a normal occurrence. It has to be. If this is how, there's, there's. I said it's only happened three times. There's dead babies and dead animals carpeting the earth. If the only method to reproduce is for a bird to bring you the baby. A real bird brain. I've seen birds fly directly into a window
0: just because it was too clean. There are plenty of dead animal babies. Such is the nature of nature. Yeah. Nature's fucking metal, dude. It's an uncaring universe. Uh, and As it, we will find out the way the universe treats Little Jumbo Jr. soon. You know who drew... But we'll get to that.
1: You know who drew that fancy
0: little stork? Art Babbitt. Nah, it's our boy Bill. Oh, that's Bill. That's Bill. So, do you know who voiced that little stork? Uh,
1: no. Tell me who voiced that little
0: stork. One of the most famous voices in all of Disney history. One of the most used voices in all of Disney history. His first time... Lending his dulcet tones to a Disney microphone. This is Sterling Holloway's debut with Disney. Sterling Holloway. And he knocks it out of the park from fucking minute one. Destroys it, yeah. Uh, fucking stellar. I, he, That's why he, they
1: called him Stellar Sterling, actually. Shut up. Okay.
0: <laughs> he has a little trouble uh, finding the cart with, um, with the elephants in it. And they give him a hand. Or a trunk, if you will, um, by, and, and this is you know this is Disney appropriating nature, anthropomorphizing to their own um, to their own service by using the elephants' trunks to be pointing. Yay, yay, hey, hey, it's in here, it's in here. So he sees all the elephant trunks pointing. Um, the The Charon elephant brood is not quite yet um, has not quite yet turned on Jumbo, Mrs. Jumbo, and Jumbo Junior, as we will see. This is, and I don't don't want to get too much into my childhood again, but sometimes you see something for the very first time when you're watching a Disney movie as a kid. Mm -hmm. And anytime you see an instance of that again for the rest of your life, you're always going to think of that one moment. I had never seen anybody do an X for a signature, which is what illiterate people do to sign for something. Yes. Anytime there's like, Not that I encounter that phenomena that much, but anytime somebody signs with an X, I think of this moment. And then also, doing what comes naturally. (laughs) He signed his check with X's, but they cash him just the same. (laughs) This episode brought to you by Encore. One more time. This episode brought to you by Encore. One more time. This little baby elephant's name is not Dumbo. It's Jumbo Jr. Jumbo Jr. But the only person that called... So, I was going to refer to him as Jumbo Jr. for the duration of this episode. However, my boy Timothy Q. Mouse, he called him Dumbo. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's Dumbo. He's Dumbo. So, you haven't seen the remake? I have not seen the remake that does not include Timothy Q. Mouse or the Black Crows. To you, a happy
2: birthday, a dear. dear. Dear me, what's his name? Jumbo Jr. Oh, Jumbo Jr., huh? Mm-hmm. Jumbo Jr. <clears throat> Happy birthday, dear Jumbo Jr. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to... <laughs>
0: it's what the audience of uh of Plucid and custom is always saying. Do <laughs> hurry here. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> so, in that instance, I mean, Sterling holloway had been in this movie for about 2 minutes. Yeah, he is the most one of the most memorable voice performances in the whole movie. It's fucking stellar. He fucking knocks it out of the park in 90 seconds. Yeah. What do you think of this little elephant, man? Jumbo Jr. Mhm. He cute. He's so fucking cute. You haven't seen this in 2 weeks. Uh you know that Jumbo
1: Jr is supposed to make us feel like we're seeing our
0: own child, 2-year-old child. Bill's Bill's kid. Oh, it's it is it's based on his little baby, huh? His 2-year-old Peter. Right, right. Yeah, um this is an adorable little child. And so Within seconds, we have a sense of um, a protectiveness over him. We love him. We love him. How you, could you not love him? They make you love him instantly, immediately. And the Karen Elephant crew, the kind of matriarch, the 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 little the little hen, so in circle mm-hmm. of of the cart that doesn't seem to interact with Missus Jumbo much because she's rather mute. As is as is little Dumbo. They're they're kind of cooing over the baby, they're fawning over him. Until until the the, the matriarch of the bunch goes Goo to go to goo to go to Goo to to goo to to goo makes him sneeze, at which point his um cartoonishly large ears uh, flap open. And then they all start laughing, and Start ridiculing him a little bit. Immediately.
1: I feel like this was a 1940s pastime, was talking shit about people that weren't
0: completely normal and white. Yeah, well, this was before the coddling of America, you fucking snowflake. (laughs) I didn't like that at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's some catty-ass bitches, and Mrs. Jumbo decides to stick up for her son. She smacks one of them, and then uh, when they call him Dumbo... Uh, she lifts open the hatch to the little area. She lifts the hook on the hatch, and it falls down and smacks them all in the face. Yeah, because fuck and them. Th- yeah, and then she uh, and then she cuddles her little baby to sleep.
1: No, uh, this group of elephants uh, <laughs> right now, and if Dumbo were made today, <laughs> this group of elephants is going to fucking fight with you about having to wear a mask outside.
0: <laughs> They'd have a real hard time of it with their trunks. Well, oh, they're not going <laughs> to. What are you gonna do? It's a fucking elephant. <laughs> Next scene we see Casey Jr. trying to get
1: up a hill. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can Casey Jr. going seen, uh, up a hill. Have you seen
0: that, that statement in anything before? I think I can, I think I can. Uh huh. Are you the little engine that could? Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you think Disney paid that that author any money to uh to appropriate that?
1: I I never thought about the little engine that could be in a
0: book. You don't think that just great minds think alike, and they had two different train stories where they're saying, "I think I can," "I think I can," trying to get up a hill. Listen, mm-hmm. man. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, like
0: every now and then, two people will live across
1: the planet, and one will think, "You know what? I'm I'm going to make a movie about a little lion
0: named Kimba," and the other one is Dane Cook. okay now we'll we'll kind of weigh in on the uh do you think it's racist do you not part with the with the crows but i will argue that there's no fucking denying that this next part is racist as shit now we have the roustabout song while the while the unloading of the train occurs. The roustabout song, very racist. Right, um, everybody that's unloading the train is black. Which probably everybody that was unloading trains at that time was probably black. Uh, yes. Um, I, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't dig into my history, but most people unloading trains in this part of town nowadays probably Mexicans. Um, at that time, most people unloading trains. Doing the grunt work, probably black men. Absolutely. Okay. Now there has been there has been criticism leveled at this scene because the the black men that are, are unloading this are largely faceless. Uh, they're you know colors and shapes. However, so are most of the humans in this movie. Most,
1: and this is one of those means with which to. Tell the story. You move the story forward and you create a visual feast. It is enticing to look at. It is colorful. It is bright. It's scary. Um, but you can do it without a ton of extra time, a ton of extra detail, a ton of extra money.
0: I mean, we've seen this with um, with the kids on their way to Pleasure Island in Pinocchio.
1: Right. And it's, a, it's an excellent way to to create that magical experience when you're on a significant budget. So, you Roustabouts the song, real racist, but I don't think the artistic decision- Well, let's check it
0: out, let's check it out. have the elephants doing as much work as the men in this scene as well. Right up until, right
1: up until that last bit,
0: it's only black dudes doing this, and the lyric is, "We don't know when we'll get our pay, and when we do, we blow our pay away." That that's that's a pretty pretty scathing indictment. Uh,
1: here's where I, here's where I am here. <laughs> here's, here's where I am,
0: and where I am is a little uncomfortable, but like I. Now right. keep in mind that we don't always get to really weigh in because we're white guys.
1: Yes. But
0: I'm. There's
1: nothing right now that's stopping me from talking shit about a carny. Right, but these are
0: all black people.
1: Right, but like currently, carnies have tiny hands. They smell of cabbage, and they're all white guys now. They're all white. They're meth heads. Yeah, it's tweakers. It's <laughs> yeah. all just, hey, heads up, when you put your kid on that fucking carnival ride, a tweaker put it together that afternoon. Just remember that. A,
0: Yo, these a, damn blue-collared tweakers are the backbone of this town. A
1: traveling tweaker. Now, see, and right now, right now, I have no issue telling you that if you put your kid on a carnival ride that was put together by a traveling tweaker, that's a fucking problem.
0: Do you put, I, do you put Adelaide on um, rides at the Texas State Fair? No. You don't ride rides at the state fair? No, we go through the haunted house. You wouldn't ride the rides? The big rides? Yeah. No. You want to
1: know why I won't ride the rides? Because you are scared? No. One time I went to a church carnival when I was a kid, and I got on the Ferris wheel that some travel and tweakers put together in some fucking church parking lot. Uh, and while I was on the Ferris wheel a piece of the ferris wheel broke off of the ferris wheel like not like a little piece like i didn't hear a little tink to tink as a bolt like fell down to the ground a a large support beam of the ferris wheel broke off of the ferris wheel and went plummeting into the concession stand underneath it because it was made out of fucking tin foil and just fucking speared into this concession stand and i was at the top of the ferris wheel when they stopped the ferris wheel to try to figure out what the fuck just fell off of the ferris wheel uh and then i was a tweaker okay so here's where i stand Uh, is this a commentary on black people or is this a commentary on traveling fucking circus folk I don't know enough about the language of the 1940. The only time no.
0: that you see black people is doing this unloading work, which, you know, one could one could posit that like they're like day laborers that only are paid to unload the train because you don't see them again like doing circus shit. So then, yes,
1: that if this is
0: the, if that's the case, then, yes, this is probably I mean, they're not the clowns. They're not. You know they're not the ones that are running up and throwing ropes over Mrs. Jumbo here in a in a few minutes. Um, This is the only time we see them, just in the roustabout song. Then
1: that's a problem. Yeah, I uh, and I don't know what the word roustabout means. I've heard it. I've probably used it. I think it's like vagabond. Does it have a racial connotation in itself? No. All right.
0: But yeah, the people get very little detail, and that persists into the next scene. Where um, there's the parade that precedes the circus. Uh, you have everybody crowding around as, as all the parade uh, people show up. Do you get a sense of, like, uh, like a sense of kind of overwhelming chaos from all of this circus shit? It, Especially once you've got this sense of, like, we've got to keep Dumbo safe. Like, everything around is just so loud and bursting and chaotic. And kinetic. And, and there's, Do you remember what
1: it was like? When you the first like six months that I was alive,
0: like that feeling of... a lot of Stardew Valley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've always compared being a dad to walking through a haunted house for nine months and then thinking you're about to exit the haunted house and then finding out that you've got one more year of haunted house. Because I've always been one of those anything-that-can-go-wrong-will-go-wrong kind of things, and so you know... That's not a good state of mind to have. You know everything's going to be okay, but in the back of your head, you're still fucking terrified. That's what the first year of having a baby was like, because everything was... You're not sleeping. You're scared. This creature that you are responsible for keeping alive could just stop breathing. Uh, All of it's fucking scary, and so everything is bigger and louder and more chaotic and that like that's what i got from this moment actually was f- fuck okay i've got a baby i live at the circus oh fuck everything there's people and they're mean and it's loud and yeah
0: they are mean i mean the world is cruel at this point um you see dumbo fall into a mud puddle he's upset it makes me upset to see dumbo upset here we get the Bubble Guy, our old pal the Bubble Guy. What's his name? Old Pal Bubbles, right under Bill Tightlaw and uh, and Art Babbitt. The Bubble Guy gets, uh, gets and- some work in this fucking movie. Uh, Dumbo's taking a bath, and it's super cute. And they're doing elephant shit with the with the um, with the bubbles. What I want to say about this part. And most of this movie, and the movie's preceding it, and to come for a little while, is that um, music has been used to tell stories up to this point way preceding film. Right. Okay? Yeah. Um, Even in Disney. Look at ballets. Look at symphonies. Okay? Symphonies that don't even have anything visual to accompany them. You've got... Music and dynamic changes and stuff that are meant to mimic whatever is happening. Okay, so now you've got beautiful animation going hand in hand with very, very delicate, very intricate orchestral arrangements that so perfectly mimic the actions of the moment in ways that ballets do Mm -hmm. and in ways that symphonies did before and in ways that, I mean, this is a genre film as a medium is still coming out of the silent age so there are a lot of trappings of that that we end up losing at a certain point but right now they're still they're still here there are people that are doing this that have been doing it to i mean granted they're not the ones composing it but you get it in pinocchio you get it in fantasia specifically uh but you get it here too uh they don't even have sound effects for a lot of the shit that dumbo is doing inside that bathtub But you feel it all because of the way that the music is syncopated with the animation. So we learned how to do that in The Reluctant
1: Dragon. We're also seeing this is that Disney magic that we were talking about where it's, it's through necessity of economy we create these incredible experiences with this movie. This is sort of Disney's first time not using the songs to move the plot. Like in Snow White it's one day my prince will come and we're literally coming home from work and that like when you get a song in a Disney movie up to this it's uh it's sort of when you wish upon a star here is how Pinocchio works. But the songs in Dumbo where the score drives emotion which allows us to not pay the foley artists to create bubble noises because that shit's expensive and hard to do we've got the orchestra here we're already paying them pay one not both kind of thing but it works and it works really well and we can use the music to enhance instead of drive and everything doesn't have to be a fucking broadway musical style plot song plot song it's just hey you know what would be good here a song the fucking pink elephant song doesn't move anything forward right when i see an elephant fly kind of reminds us about the whole flying thing but it's not driving the next scene as much as the crows themselves which allows us to save a little money and fucking learn how to really score a film beyond just great songs that feel that fill a mood.
0: So, the next scene that we have definitely drives the plot because we we've already seen cruelty towards Dumbo from the other elephants. Start to finish. At this point, the general public hasn't really scrutinized Dumbo yet, but it's about to happen. So, a group of children come and start ridiculing Dumbo. Did the ringleader of this group remind you of anybody? Well this this whole scene to me
1: felt like uh Lampwick forgot to tell us about the talk shit to animals
0: part of Pleasure Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's it looks almost exactly like Lampwick. And for a motherfucker that's talking shit about somebody's ears, this guy's got some honkers on him. Uh and it doesn't he have bright red hair? Yeah, he has bright red hair. You know, I learned a cool
1: fact the other day, and this is a real thing, but I'm probably getting it wrong. Uh did you know that there are as many humans walking the planet with at least some form of other genitalia development, as in not fully hermaphroditic, but uh, reproductive organs from both male and female humans.
0: As there are gingers? As there are gingers. How the fuck would anybody be able to to gather data on that? Math. I read it on Reddit. Yay for census 2020, huh?
2: <laughs>
0: you got an extra dick in there? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's in the birth records of something, or I don't know. All right, so this kid's a real asshole to Dumbo. Makes fun of his ears. They start fuck this kept kid. In, yeah, no, it's real bad. Uh, Mrs. Jumbo, very protective of her child, as are lots of mothers in nature. Uh, She perches him over the fence and gives him a little spanking with her trunk. Nothing harmful, but everybody freaks the fuck out. The ringmaster comes in, starts whipping her in the face. Um, All of the white uh, circus workers come, start throwing um, ropes over her. Her eyes go red. She is deemed a mad elephant and sequestered away, which you think they would probably just take her out and shoot her, right? I, I, honest to God, until the very,
1: spoiler alert, until the very end of the movie, I thought they had taken her out and shot her.
0: She makes several more appearances in the movie. Uh, uh, like over the course of the movie. Yeah,
1: and I forget about those. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about Baby of Mine when she rocks him with her trunk. Yeah, I forgot a little bit about Baby of Mine, and I forgot about her standing with the bars, fucking shining on her skin.
0: That sounded a little bit, a little bit lascivious. There. I don't know that word, Tim. sounded a little horny. Yes. <laughs> no. This. This. Mrs. Jumbo was not based on uh, Marge Champion, buddy. No, but I've seen some videos on the internet that look like women that she might have been... Like Mrs. Grimley? (laughs) Uh, Also, remember we were talking about the... uh, Oh, so the, the ringmaster gets thrown into a tub of soapy water. And then he stands up and his cummerbund flaps up and hits him in the face. Have it? you
1: ever seen a cartoon that wore a cummerbund where the
0: cummerbund didn't flap up in their face? If cummerbunds aren't flapping up in faces, then you're not really drawn to the... Also,
1: I don't think that's that piece is called a cummerbund.
0: A cummerbund. It's not a... We no... had to wear them in Encore the... one more time. <laughs> we had to wear them in Encore one more time.
1: No, the cummerbund is the little belt thingy. But the piece that flaps him up in the face oh, is yeah. that like...
0: Yeah, what is that? that? Is it called a dickie? Is it called a cravat? It's not a cravat. I don't know what a dickie is. A dickie... Is it like a corset for gentlemen that only... It seems like one of those... Uh, Honest to God, dude, I think Those it's... bracelets that like slap onto your wrist. I think it's called a shirt front. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anytime I think of a cummerbund, I think of this guy... And uh, apparently wrongfully so. The gossiping hens, the elephants, they're standing around talking shit.
1: You call them them what
0: they are, the fucking... The Karens. The mask-hating Karen-ass elephants. Yeah. Uh, Enter a new character, Timothy Q. Mouse. Fucking
1: finally. I need to be honest about something when it comes to Dumbo. I didn't like it until recently. Like, as a kid, it was just way too fucking sad for me. It's an, it's anxiety-inducing. Uh, yeah. I hated Fox and Hound. Both the book, the movie, and the bar. <laughs> uh, you've read the book?
0: I had a... I, yeah, I, yes. Quick, name your favorite food, book, and movie. Fried green tomatoes to all three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Q. Mouse hears all the elephants talking shit. Also, more like timothy cute mouse am i right (laughs) q timothy q mouse he hears all the elephants talking shit about little dumbo and he's eating peanuts he's just scrounging for himself he's also dressed like a band leader or ringmaster real laminated cracker jack (laughs) that one shut up (laughs) look at their gross fat elephant asses I've also um, I've also seen videos that reminded me of that. They decide to ostracize him. They talk so much shit, um, and uh, they refer to themselves as elephants as a proud race. Uh, Timothy because... says, "A proud race? Are you kidding me?" He says, "Look at his ears. I don't see anything wrong with them. I think they're cute."
1: You know why they? You know why he calls them a proud race? A, a group of elephants is called a pride. That's not true. That's lions. What do you call a group of elephants? I don't know. It's it's something. Hey, Siri, what do you
0: call a group of elephants? I found two. Parade. It's called a parade. Yeah. Pink Elephant's on parade. Here they come. Hippity hoppity. You think that's why they're called a parade? I think so. I think we need to call it. Yeah, wait, do you think that's why they're... No. That's we, why they use that lyric in the song.
1: No, per- I think we we need to have a plus and cussin way with words
0: crossover where we call <laughs> NPR's away with words and ask why elephants are called a parade. So we got Timothy Mouse, um, and he decides he's gonna stand up to the elephants. Now, Timothy Mouse's inclusion in this film is to draw like the juxtaposition between what is the elephant's mortal enemy? The mouse. The mouse. It can run up their trunk. Timothy was a bird in the book. A red bird. Oh, really? hmm This. Do you remember Benchley saying, what is this, Mickey? And she says, no, that's a new character. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why, that's why this is a trilogy. Dick Henry and Joe Grant. It was their idea to make Timothy Q. Mouse,
0: not Timothy Q. Redbird. Why? It's cuter that way. It's fucking easy. They chose to go with that because um because they wanted the mouse as the mortal enemy of, of the elephant. To, yeah. to be the can you think of anybody that this reminds you of? The little the little wiser than thou sidekick? No. This is their Jiminy, dude. Jiminy. Uh Cliff Edwards. Uh are you referring to ukulele Ike? Jiminy Cricket. Yes, Yeah, so I I, I realized this for the first time and I was like, (laughs) Timothy is completely analogous to Jiminy Cricket. Why did I find Jiminy Cricket so abrasive yet find Timothy um, so endearing? Uh, I know exactly why. You've got a problem with authority, Tim.
1: And Jiminy Cricket was just saying, Pinocchio, don't do this. Pinocchio, stop. Pinocchio, that's bad. Jiminy Cricket was a conscience uh whereas timothy mouse is a hype man
0: yeah yeah he's 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 a he's a really good manager these he's like the opposite of jerry heller
1: timothy mouse is the left shoulder version of jiminy
0: literally in a in a in a subsequent scene he will become the whispering voice in one's ear exactly Uh, he's a trickster with charisma And that kind of shaped how I viewed, like, I mean, even the fucking character in The Outer Worlds that I made recently is a trickster with charisma.
1: Uh, not liking Jiminy Cricket
0: is why you're a Slytherin. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm not a Slytherin. I have some Slytherin elements, but I think at heart I'm a Gryffindor. But Morgan (laughs) said she thinks I'm a Ravenclaw. I knew you thought you were a Gryffindor.
1: Uh, and here, I'm gonna call out Morgan, too. What's Morgan? Uh... Morgan's a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Me and Morgan are both Hufflepuffs, and we made a Hufflepuff daughter. Like, <laughs> well, a-
0: what do you think Ine is? Ine's a Slytherin. Ine's Slytherin Ravenclaw. Oh,
1: yeah. I'll give it to her. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> She's even got the straight blonde hair, bro. Like <laughs> She looks like a Slytherin. Fuck you. She- I love her. Let's go sit in your cloud of smoke over there. I, You're just a... Eat your Twinkies.
1: Are you? Did I hurt your feelings that I called your daughter a Slytherin too? Fuck no, it. I
0: just figured you'd go Ravenclaw before Slytherin. I think you'd go Ravenclaw before Slytherin. You like, think? Like for her? No, I still think you're a Slytherin. Okay. But I, I think, I think I need, She's too young to. She's too young to put on the sorting hat. That's true. We don't know. She's a Slytherin. So Timothy decides. These other elements have ostracized Dumbo. I'm going to take him under my wing. I'm going to use all my faculties to do go, it. We're going to make you a fucking star. We're going kid. to make you a fucking star. Do you think Timothy's trying to make Dumbo a star for
1: purely altruistic reasons? Or is yes, there a I little do. bit of selfish there? Does Timothy want to be a star? He's dressed like the ringmaster.
0: No. no I think, I think, I, I think, think, think. This is, this is like analysis. It goes too deep. I think a Timothy's in... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> he's just he's just
1: trying to help him out. Then why is he dressed like a fucking ringmaster?
0: I don't know!
1: I think originally Timothy's intent was self
0: To make money? What's he going to do with money? He's a mouse. You can buy a lot of malort with mouse money. He likes peanuts. Dumbo likes peanuts. Maybe, maybe he's trying to hitch a ride to like peanut heaven that's how jiminy started he just wanted to keep his ass warm jiminy wanted to fuck everything in sight too can you blame him it no was, it was a
1: sexy house full yeah that of was a lot that was a
0: lot of fucking boner inducing porcelain you, you,
1: you remember the first time you wanted to fuck a clock <laughs> well, welcome to pinocchio 2 it's just sexy clocks two and a half hours
0: of hot sexy clocks So he's planting the seed of Dumbo's success at this point in the ringmaster's ear. The ringmaster has a sequence of um, a silhouette where he's talking to his his little crony.
1: I love the silhouette scenes. I love all of the silhouettes. And there's a few. Mm -hmm. Again, economy of storytelling, bro. Like,
0: nailed it. So he decides. The ringmaster says, I don't know what the climax will be. He decides that he's going to make a a pachyderm pyramid. Mm. And he doesn't know what the climax is going to be. It'll come to him in a dream. Now, Timothy sees the window of opportunity. And he decides to plant the seeds for Dumbo's success. And we're going to play that scene right now when he decides to do what he's going to do. As he's
1: walking up to do what he's going to do, we see his shadow on the wall in a scene that is incredibly reminiscent of Nosferatu, the vampire. of your subconscious mind. Your inspiration. Now, concentrate. Remember? Your pyramid of elephants is standing in a ring waiting for a climax. You are now getting that climax. How's the reception? Coming true okay? Good. Suddenly from the sidelines comes your climax.
2: Galloping across the arena. Uh, he jumps from a springboard to a platform at the very pinnacle of your pyramid. He waves a flag for a glorious finish.
0: And who is your
2: climax? The little elephant with the big ears. The wild's mightiest, midget, mastodon, Dumbo! Dumbo. 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 Tombo, I got it. I got it. and gentlemen,
0: we will now... What a scene. What
1: a fucking masterpiece. Some mouse.
0: That might have been, I don't know. He's, a master manipulator, this Timothy Q. mouse. They dresses
1: like the ringleader for a reason. He really drives he this boat. Also, dons
0: clan robes to speak into that guy's ear. But uh, it, uh, again, it just happens to be white sheets. Whatever. Much Don't easy, look too much into it.
1: Much easier to draw white sheets with eyes than a talking mouse.
0: You think all this shit is shortcuts? I think there's so
1: many shortcuts, but none of it looks like a shortcut.
0: If, unless you're looking for it it's not a shortcut then they they succeeded in what they were doing they they more than succeeded in what they're doing this yeah. next scene is the realization of the ringmaster's dream um they refer to it as a pyramid that look like a pyramid to you this ain't no fucking pyramid is the it? entire the base of said pyramid starts on a ball that one elephant can balance on with perhaps some difficulty and then other elephants stack themselves up on top of the first elephant. Now the
1: elephant balancing on a ball is a classic elephant trick.
0: Okay, but you don't stack a whole bunch more elephants on top of that, which they do. That ain't no fucking pyramid. It's more of a diamond. Um, um, it's like an upside-down pyramid of elephants. It's just a meets motion. meets a right-side-up pyramid of elephants. And then little, little Dumbo is supposed to pop off of a springboard and spring up onto the little platform that the topmost elephant is holding up with her trunk.
1: This is clearly going to go well. They've uh-huh. rehearsed it a hundred
0: times. Um, Timothy says, all right, Dumbo, go ahead and do it. Oh, also, I wanted to talk about the physics of this. I mean, <laughs> th- there's a reason that they bring elephants into the studio in Reluctant Dragon so these motherfuckers can draw them. They want to look at... The- who was the master of the heavies? Uh, Art Babbitt. No, Bill Tightlaw. Stromboli. Chernobog. No, oh, that's Tightlaw. That's Tightlaw, right? That's Tightlaw. Tytla is also the master of the elephants. Yeah. Um, and the elephants have weight to them. There's real physics at work here. Watching them try to climb each other. And and, the skin moving around. The sweat makes me so uncomfortable. Now,
1: do you know how they figured out what that was going to look like? This is actually super fucking interesting. I saw this on the documentary that I was watching earlier. Um, So they would go out to... So Disney's just built the studios in Burbank. uh, And they would go out to the... There was a diner just outside the studios. uh, And they would pay the waitresses at that studio both were girthy men uh women sorry (laughs) pronouns both were girthy women uh and they'd pay them at the studios in burbank to climb on top of each other so they could get the folds no shit
0: no they didn't do that oh man that that would be a, that would be a cool fucking story. Uh, but that uh, that is kind of like got, you had me hook like, hook line and sinker, man. That is
1: that is kind of the story to how uh, Queen wrote "Fat Bottom
0: Girls." So the they can are climbing on top of each speaking, other. Speaking speaking of um, music conveying the happenings of the scene, a lot of timpanies. A lot of timpanies when the elephants are around, because it makes you feel the the weight. Right. Yeah. Um. So it's the he rumble trips pack over... of the forties. Right, he <laughs> he trips over his ear and um goes careening into the ball that is the base of this elephant pyramid. So now he's at the bottom of the pyramid. Do you blame the catalyst? I mean, it ruins everything. It destroys the entire Big Top. But do you blame the Catalyst? Would you have blamed Ray Finkel? Yes. But the Dolphins could have performed better and not had it be such a close call, all depending on one cog of the machine. Certainly. Laces out. But Finkel had one job. You going to blame the kicker? I mean, all the other guys have one job. So you would deem Dumbo no longer an elephant anymore when they relegate him to the role of a clown after this scene.
1: Yes. You Uh, know you have to go to college to be a clown.
0: That's a promotion as far as I'm concerned. One of my favorite episodes, because I literally said to myself, clowns are funny, this next scene. And I was thinking of Homer... (laughs) getting it in his brain after seeing the the clown college billboard. Uh, how he can't stop the clowns moving around in his brain no matter what the hell is happening. <laughs> <laughs> clowns are funny. They are. And it's just like people on fire at his nuclear plant, but he <laughs> sees them as clowns. <laughs> um, Were you a kid that was like, I'm so scared of clowns? No. Me ne- either. Loved I love clowns, clowns dude. I've yeah. i always loved clowns. I need to be honest about something. Yeah.
1: I always kind of thought that people that were afraid of clowns weren't ever actually afraid of clowns. I thought that was something like sushi where no one really liked it the first time. They just said it because I think I think that I'm afraid of clowns is the same as saying I hate Nickelback. You don't actually hate Nickelback. You think Nickelback fucking rocks because Nickelback does rock. But you say you think
0: Nickelback sucks because everybody else says Nickelback sucks. Do you want to know my actual stance on Nickelback? Please. I think Nickelback sucks, but I do think that Nickelback had some jams. So after that sequence where Dumbo is um, painted up like a clown, he's the baby, um, jumps down into the onto the trampoline, which isn't actually a trampoline. He just lands in a bucket of sudsy water. Not having a good time, Dumbo. Q bubble guy. Yeah, Q bubble guy. Not having a good time, Dumbo. Um The clowns are reveling in their success. Now is this the Easter egg you were talking about? Are strikers? Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So there's a handful of clowns in there. These are caricatures of the of different animators that went on strike. Uh, they keep talking about how they want to up the ante. They want more money. They need more money. And they say we're going to the big bus for a raise. Yeah. We're going to the big bus for a race. Do you know who any of these animators are that they're that they're char- that they're characterizing?
1: I don't. I I, on, I looked all over the place and I couldn't. It it everywhere says the same thing. It's just. A representation of the striking animators mm-hmm.
0: Cute little easter egg Um, That is ridiculing people That are trying to get fair pay mm-hmm. Drawn by Themselves We get Dumbo crying for his mama Oh also if these carnies Were in a tent getting all fucked up like this They'd, be, they'd start fucking raw dogging each other They'd start cornholing each other
1: Uh, That's in a Completely different version of this movie combo (laughs) I was thinking dumb blown sing-along challenge, in a way only she can. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated Baby Mine from the classic 1941 film Dumbo, it's Katy Perry, accompanied by someone who requires equal billing, her poodle Nugget.
0: Stupid baby mine, dry your eyes
2: your head close to my heart depart, baby of
0: mine. I get the I get the showed me that but i don't have to endure that for a moment longer well she's singing she was dressed like an elephant and so was her dog
1: she's dressed like jumbo and her dog is dressed like
0: dumbo I, i gathered that
1: so what's funny is she's singing baby mine to her dog uh but at that moment she's like eight and a half months pregnant
0: um now we were talking about shortcuts There's a lot of them in this scene. A lot of stills with motion on only like a certain segment of the screen. Right. Um,
1: Did you notice that you never actually see Jumbo singing this
0: song? I did. Is there a reason for that? Shortcuts. (laughs) It's easy. I mean, it makes sense. She's stuck. I mean, they all make sense. They all. I'm sure there was a conversation had
1: uh, on most of them. More than that. When we see when we see the Karen mascading elephants talking, it makes sense. Like, they, but the only thing we really know about Jumbo is through visual storytelling, and we can tell from her body language that she fucking loves her kid. But we've never really seen her talk.
0: There's some virtue in keeping your fucking mouth shut too. We, we like. I mean, what did Lincoln say? Um, better. To keep your mouth shut and be thought of as a fool uh, than to... Open 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 your mouth and doubt. uh, Yeah, race any doubt. Yeah, Yeah, something like that, yeah. This episode brought to you by Abraham Lincoln.
1: This episode brought... Did you know that Abraham Lincoln grew up in
0: uh, Chicago? I knew he was from Illinois.
1: Maybe he's from Lincoln. Nebraska?
0: Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) No. No, he's from Illinois, and then he spent most of his childhood in Nebraska. You know who
1: else is from Illinois and spent some time in Nebraska?
0: (laughs) This episode brought to you by Jepson's Uh, Malloy. Good thing this movie's kind of short, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we're going to put our foots in our beaks when we talk about these crows.
1: I'm ready for it. I've been prepared for this. I've been waiting for it. Th- oh, God damn it! You're right. When I get high, I just sing into the fucking microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a good singer. You used to be. Oh, I did used to be. <laughs> Got to At Jepson's Malort and tell him pleasant and Cousins sent you. I I I don't know if not seeing jumbo sing baby mine was a shortcut or if it was a directorial decision but it fucking worked it did because i think we're i think this is one of those things like when the video game character doesn't talk on purpose so that you can immerse your own voice into it but we're supposed to feel like dumbo's parents So maybe that's why we never actually see her sing it. We just feel
0: it. We watch her rock him with her trunk. Are you drunk? (laughs) Yes. Me too. Let's talk about the drunk scene. So the the clowns throw their hooch into, which just looks like a bottle of champagne.
1: It's a bottle of champagne. Okay,
0: but it creates a fucking reaction in this fucking water. Um, and it, it doesn't, it. it, it bubbles up like the fucking evil, witches. it bubbles up like that fucking hot tub I was in while I was doing acid the other day, uh, which speaking of acid, getting drunk in a Disney movie is like being on fucking acid.
1: I've, I've
0: never been as drunk as the, as people in these movies get. They get drunk real quick too. Dumbo's very sad walking away from his mother's thing. Timothy Mouse trying to cheer him up. They start guzzling, or Dumbo starts guzzling at the watering hole. He
1: thought he was just drinking water. He's not trying to drown his sorrows. Uh, uh-huh.
0: and he cures his hiccups. Timothy Mouse falls into the uh, into the into said problematic vat. Comes out singing. As a kid, this is when I decided being drunk. Is fucking cool. It looks great. They're
1: having a good old time. Where did this idea, where did the concept of pink elephants come from? I don't know. Um, Like, the the idea of pink elephants representing being drunk.
0: I don't think it represents being drunk. I think it's a shared hallucination. Um, And I think that it was kind of the uh, I, like, I'm just going to speculate that it was kind of like the animator's just wanting to have some fun and like, hey, they're all fucked up. Let's let's do some crazy shit.
1: Did this start here with Dumbo, the idea of seeing a pink elephant? I don't know. Because that's that's a common trope for the appearance of somebody being drunk, especially in the 30s and 40s cartoons that I remember. Well, let's, look, when, it up. let's look it when up. When people get drunk, they see pink elephants. I know there's a beer called Delirium Trimens that has a pink elephant on
0: the label. Right. Which I bet was after the inception of Dumbo. hmm But does the concept of pink elephant equals drunk
1: start at Dumbo? Or is it adopted by...
0: Okay. No, you're right. Seeing pink elephants is a euphemism for drunken hallucination caused by alcoholic hallucinosis or delirium tremens. The, der- the term dates back to at least the early 20th century emerging from earlier idioms about snakes and other creatures. An alcoholic character in Jack London's uh, 1913 novel, John Barleycorn, is said to hallucinate blue mice and pink elephants. So, yeah, it, it, it was a thing. Cool. A thing. Good catch, my dude. Thanks, dude. So... I have likened this episode to the two towers and the previous episode to fellowship of the ring. Now we're going to talk a little bit about some Tolkien. All right. Because we get, before we get those pink elephants, they're both fucked up and Jiminy is having who? Oh shit. Timiny is having Dumbo blow, um, bubbles out of his, out of his snout, much like the dwarves, are having Gandalf blow elaborate smoke rings. My uh, the, the priest before they take off on their journey. Yeah, the priest at the first church I went to. I don't. I don't want to know about this story. Was Look, named, this is this is an explicit podcast? But was named elaborate
1: smoke rings.
0: Um, Bubble Guy. Bubble Guy gets his fucking scene in the spotlight. He blows a, he, he, now, okay, so Timothy says, blow a square one, why don't you?
1: Blow a, blow me a square bubble.
0: Uh, By the way.
1: Square bubble was the name of the priest at my second church.
0: It's also a stoner rock band from Phoenix in 1994. Four. Three. Four. (laughs) 1994
1: being, 1994 being the sequel to Wonder Woman 1984. It might be a, yeah, yeah um Thor would be an excellent band name this is a menacing scene for a minute it's fucking spooky also kind of unnecessary a visual feast if you will you know why this scene is here kill time i don't know because dolly's cool right now that dolly real hot right now surrealism as a thing real fucking hot right now Did I tell you about... We had a lot of fun making Fantasia, throwing some avant-garde art in there, uh, and we want to play around with the concept of surrealism because it's new in America. Now,
0: you talked about how Primus would make a really good uh, cover of Night on Bald Mountain, right? I did. I think that this song is made for Primus way more than Night on Bald Mountain.
2: (laughs) Look out! Look out. They're walking around the bed on their head. Clippity cloppity parade in brave elephants on parade. What'll I do? What'll
1: I do? What an unusual view.
2: I can stand the sight of worms and look at microscopic germs. But technicolor pachyderms is really too much for me. <laughs> I am not the type to faint when things are odd or things are quaint, but seeing things you know that ain't can certainly give you a lawful price. What a sight! Chase them away! Chase them away! I'm afraid. Need your aid. Big elephants on parade! Big elephants!
0: Big elephants! Big elephants! Big elephants. Yeah, and then it kind of shifts into. Different musical styles. This, this, is, this scene goes on for a very long time.
1: It's only here to be fun. This scene's only
0: purpose is to have a good fucking time. You talk about Dumbo with somebody in 2020 and they're like, hey, remember that fucking crazy ass trippy pink elephant scene? This one, yeah, this one lingers in the mind. Um, it's a It's a trip fest, bro. So, I'm really glad we're here. This
1: was clearly inspired by Salvador Dali. Walt and Sal uh, were friends. Now, it's about this time when Walt built these studios in Burbank. He also brought in some fucking incredible, like, the minds of the century, right? We're talking he brought in Frank Lloyd Wright to talk to the animators about architecture. Really? He brought in Salvador Dali to talk to the animators about fucking surrealism. He brought in Strakowski, who we know he was fucking good buddies with from Fantasia, to talk to them about music and the power of composition. And so he's hosting these fucking TED Talks. These are basically Walt Talks. That he's hosting at the Burbank Studios for his employees. He's bringing in the best of the best from all over the world just to to give the animators inspiration. And, you know, still we strike against him because he's not paying anybody shit. It's difficult. There's a fucking fine line that we're walking because, you know... Bill and Art, they get to go to the fucking Salvador Dali exposition, but, you know... I
0: I mean, I think that... The girls in animation and inking probably... Like, how I feel right this very second is that Bill and Art are the heroes because they're reaping the benefits, yet they're still willing to fight. Bill and Art are the heroes. The hangover. The original hangover. How did we get up in this tree? Up in a tree. Could
1: you imagine being so drunk you wake up in a tree? Also, could you imagine being like two and a half years old and being so drunk you wake up in a tree with
0: a talking mouse? Do you like his new getup, Dumbo's? His clown face? Mm-hmm. No, not his clown face, but his clown hat and uh, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg doily. I think that's a cravat. Okay. <laughs> Callback. You just really want something to actually be a cravat. I that's a cravat. So enter um the famous slash infamous characters of the crows. Please tell me (laughs) your
1: Go on. Please tell me your initial thoughts on the crows.
0: <laughs> we are going to have to let this we're going to have to let this play out before we can continue. Cuz that's <laughs> it's it's fucking it's beastial. <laughs>
1: ah! <laughs> I'm so mad at you about what just happened. <sighs> I think I think the rest of this conversation deserves a disclaimer. I think that it's important to talk about the crows before we talk about the crows.
0: No, man, I stand behind everything that we do on this fucking podcast. Oh, no,
1: no, 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 no. I stand behind everything I'm going to say, but I think it's
0: important to listen. If they've made it this far, they don't need a fucking disclaimer. I think, I think that they deserve... All right, but then put out your disclaimer. What are you going to say, you stone motherfucker?
1: (laughs) Well, now I forgot. I was going to be good, but I forgot what it was going to be. Okay, fuck. Ready? Yeah. Been
0: ready. Can we talk about the crows now? They wake up in the... Yeah. Now, now, you want to talk about something because you watched this part of the movie.
1: No. No, I had all this wrote down before I watched the movie with you. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think the crows scene is problematic at all. All right. Um, I don't think that the crows are racist.
0: Okay. I am without necessarily having a platform to speak on it, just like you don't necessarily, but we are going to weigh in on this. The roustabout song. That's bad. That's problematic, bro. Okay. So the 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 criticism that has mostly been leveled at the scene with the crows and the crows themselves is that they are racist caricatures, um, mimicking like a minstrel. minstrelization of black folk. Okay. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. I
1: think that we need to take into consideration the fact that some and this sounds ridiculous, but some of our audience might not have seen Dumbo or seen Dumbo in a long time and don't necessarily know exactly what we're talking about. So I think we should play the song.
0: The song or the intro of the birds? Because the intro of the birds is a lot more both. That's I a lot of content to put on. We should start with the flies.
2: I ever seen an elephant fly. <laughs>
1: well, I seen a horse fly. Oh, I seen a dragonfly. <laughs> I seen a <the> house fly. <laughs> <laughs> see, I seen all that too. I seen
2: a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its but I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. what you say, boy? I said when I see an elephant fly, I seen a front door swing, heard a diamond ring, I seen a polka dot. Ring
0: okay, now this actually the scene and the portrayal of these characters ring true to black performers at the time. Yeah. These characters are not, they, they are black characters, but they are not black stereotypes necessarily, especially black stereotypes or they, they, they are, they are performers and they are performers that are seen through the lens of that culture. And that's not even, this is the participants in this scene are all black. Now, This is what I thought until earlier today when we were sitting in this room. And something changed my perception of this in so many ways. (laughs) Alright. Head Crow. The one that says, I've been unseen about everything. You know who plays that character? Are you talking about my cousin? It's Cliff Edwards.
1: Now, I believe you know him better as Ukulele Ike. Or...
0: Jiminy Cricket. That's Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy goddamn Cricket. You know what that crow was called at first? Jim? Yeah. Uh, Crow, comma, Jim. Is what reads on his his mail and stuff. Actually, most mail just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jim Jim Glass, Crow. English, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, they called him Jim Crow, Jim Crow until 19, a few years later. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like they weren't like even the stopping work, yeah. they weren't even stopping being racist yet and they decided to change his name to Dandy Crow because it's like, dude, you just straight up named that bro Jim Crow. So the all of the cronies are hanging out. Uh, now, now all of these cronies that's spelled
1: C-R-O-W knees. Sh- capital Crow knees.
0: Okay. I'm going to read this directly from Wikipedia. (laughs) The film has been criticized by some for its handling of race. The Encyclopedia of Racism in American Films notes that all of the circuit. Okay, well, we'll skip that because we acknowledge that. Now, the lead crow voiced by white actor Cliff Edwards... Okay, well, I'll skip that too. Ukulele Ike. Um, so, it has been argued that the group of crows in the film were African-American stereotypes. They were voiced by African-American actors and singers of the popular all-black Hall Johnson Choir, including James Basket, who was from Songs of the South, uh, Nick Stewart from the Amos and Andy Show. Bro, um, you're literally
1: reading all my content off of Wikipedia instead of letting me say
0: it. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. Uh, Ward Kimball. Who, big dude on this, he used famous African American dancers Freddie and Eugene Jackson as live action references for Damn the it, character. you
1: piece of shit. You, this is my whole argument. And You're just reading it off of Wikipedia. By the, 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 the,
0: the banter? The banter is jazz musician banter between Cab Calloway and Louis fucking Armstrong. Fuck you.
1: Fuck you for reading all the work I did off of oh, Wikipedia. Fuck. Well,. <laughs> I thought we were seeing all the sausages man. uh, here's the problem here's here's the issue I'm having right now, uh uh-huh. is I was really proud of my like really proud of myself for not using Wikipedia as my primary source of fucking. Research on this And I just did with just going to Wikipedia. By going to Wikipedia,
0: you read everything I have written down for the next three pages. All right, look. I know I appear like a heartless motherfucker on this show. I am the dark side to your bumbling light. However, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry, dude. (laughs) I know you were excited about this part. I had no idea that I really just swipe the rug out under you
1: Uh, the only thing i had left you just what you just read it basically like how i was gonna
0: say it okay well it looks like shit happens and you're gonna have to deal with that and we're gonna talk about um how fucked up uh or not fucked up some of this stuff is this is, this is information that we just got. Okay. So the lead crow played by a white guy. Lead, um, so, yes. so the minstrelization argument, I feel, okay. Now granted, let me just just, just throw con- in that little, throw- uh, here's my little black screen that you can't skip past. <laughs> uh, we acknowledge that we are not the best to weigh in on this, but, um, seeing as how we're the only people on this show, uh. We'll weigh in as best we can and say that maybe we don't have the best platform to talk about it. If you have some feelings as to what we said or what you want to say, um, send us a message at Disney Plus and Cussin Malort at <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just send it to Disney Plus and Cussin. Say hey, um, I, I've got a feeling. I've got some kind of feeling. I've got a feeling about this, and and uh, and then say hey, DM me. We will. Uh, If you don't like anything that we post, feel free to um, post what we said and uh, call us out and and get us canceled. But I don't think you're going to do that. I think we're harder to take down than that.
1: I don't think you've made it this far.
0: (laughs) You had a death wish.
1: (laughs) I still can't believe that the... Everything that I was ready to go full deepy on this shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did I did I cover everything? Everything <laughs> I had. <laughs> I did it in like thirty seconds, and I think that's what they want from me. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to get it today. Oh my god! <laughs> now remember the thing that I pulled you aside and told you not to do today, which was like tell a very subjective story about how something made you feel. Uh-huh. Now I want that, D.V. Too late. I'm upset. Really?
1: No, I just have to. Why don't you
0: tell me about how the crows made you feel?
1: I, I well, you already read it. <laughs> but but that, I didn't, though. But that is how the crows made me feel. Uh, Because, at, at, you know, at first it's, ooh, <laughs> ooh you got to pull on the collar a little bit because that is, uh black <laughs>
0: real how did they, they make you feel as a kid what do you think about the crows when you were a kid do you remember they, it at all no
1: i thought they were fucking funny
0: yeah you don't know as a kid you don't know uh i laughed out loud uh at dandy crow uh watching timothy mouse finally wake up and realize what was going on and he's just got the same deadpan fucking bug-eyed looking at you expression uh the entire time while he's figuring it out like doesn't blink doesn't do anything except just look at him like that
1: uh which one's dandy crow
0: the leader i'm not gonna call him by his original name anymore
1: uh he's the one that's played by cliff edwards he's got the he's got the suit on right
0: He's got a vest on, which he's got your, a bowler which hat. Which crow's
1: your favorite crow? He is. I like, all, the, I like all of them. I like the crow who uh, has the straw hat, but the straw hat Has no top, and is yeah. just
0: chilling on his nose. That's cool as fuck, dude. That's, and he has the lowest voice, right? Dude,
1: like, honest to God, if if I, if I could grant myself a swagger that I'll never have, it'd be that crow. Like, if, if I could change lives with anybody,
0: it wouldn't be Rick Steves. It'd be fucking. It'd be this this, this crow. crow who doesn't have a top to his hat? You could just be Rick Steves and buy a hat like that. And then you. I'm sure you could find one in like Venice. Like, you'd steal it from a gondolier. <laughs> <laughs>
2: strips it off his head and punches
1: a hole in the top.
0: <laughs> from the gondolier that's gonna get you thrown into the fucking uh
1: <laughs> you are not allowed in venice anymore what you're supposed to be wearing a mask but you pulled <laughs> off his hat
0: yeah what did they uh what's that river there what's a river in rome or venice
1: uh, i think they just call it
0: the Pollyacci—that's
1: <laughs> a made-up word, Tim.
0: <laughs> now, Paliacci is the the famous clown that goes to the doctor. Fuck! I just ruined the whole joke.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he sure. goes. He goes. A guy goes to the doctor. <laughs> uh, you don't know who this guy is, All right? And he says, uh, "Hey, doctor, I uh, I find no joy in life." Every day I want to kill myself. Uh, there's nothing in this world that makes me happy. And the doctor says, I got it. You're depressed. You need something to cheer you up. The famous clown, Poliachi is in town.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you fill in the blanks. The rest of the... The famous clown, Poliachi is in town. Go. Here. Here's 37 bucks. Take your ticket. Go see him. He goes, the duck... I think you might know where this is going. He says, but Doc, I am (laughs) Paliacchi. Punchline, not even funny, kind of cosmically existentially depressing.
1: I have cosmic brownies in my kitchen
0: right now. I don't think we need any of that. So you don't think the crows are racist? Mr. White Man. <laughs> no. Uh, yes and no.
1: I'll stand by
0: it. Okay, so. I'm crying. All right. Here's why. Okay, I, the, the Cliff Edwards thing makes it a little bit less like, okay, you're you're actually giving jobs to black performers to represent black characters in a way that is actually, in my opinion, sympathetic. Now, I, then. I, I no. Tim, listen.
1: Before we get into this conversation, I need to play you a clip. This is
0: important. I feel like we could finish this show in 10 minutes or 2 hours. Listen. Okay.
1: This is important. I know you don't believe me at the moment, but it's true. I'm not I'm not even going to throw off pacing because this is so important. You're late. Huh? You're late? I'm late. Yeah, you're late. You late, man. I've been waiting in the back of the diner for you over an hour, man. I was in the diner. Man, I told you the back of the diner. You thought I was gonna do this shit up
2: front, man. Are you crazy? I'm gonna get busted. You crazy. I was in the diner. You weren't in the I diner. I said in the
1: back of the th- it, it don't even matter, man. I'm late, you late, it don't matter, man. Let's come on, let's do this. What's that? A gun? Put that gun away, man. How many people you don't kill this year? Just stop it, man. Come on, let's do it. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Don't be late again. I ain't gonna be late. Come on. What we got? that's tight that's beautiful that's nice what's that It's c4 that's c4 that's c4 oh shit what's the problem ain't no problem man i've been looking everywhere for this shit man how the hell you find some c4 you don't know how you make me feel man the iraqis can't even get this shit man where'd you get this from <laughs> that's a hot ticket you don't know how happy you made me, man you got what i want i'm gonna get what you want let me go get that money man step away from the car
0: Hey, officers! Put your hands above your heads. What's wrong, Just officer? do it now! Ain't no problem here. Why y'all messing with us for?
1: All right, take it easy, buddy. You don't want to do that. Oh, yes, I do! Oh, no, you don't, officer. He's just playing, officer. No, I ain't playing! Yes, he is, officer. No, I'm not! Yes, he is, I'm not playing! Yes, he, Drop officer. the gun! He, he's just he's my cousin. We're just talking. Come on, get back in the car and just leave. Can't do that, buddy, all right? I'm going to blow his head all over the freaking parking lot, asshole. Get back in the car and buy some donuts. See what you did? You made him mad. Let me just talk to him, all right? All right? <laughs> hey, Joe! Hey. All right, all right. Everything cool now. He down. The gun down. Now get back in the car and just leave. Put your hands in. If Chris Tucker in Rush Hour isn't racist, then the crows aren't racist. But if Rush Hour's Chris Tucker is racist, then the Crows are racist.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Man, honestly. That's my argument. You got me high during the podcast, and all I'm going to say is that <laughs> all I want to do now is just watch Rush Hour. <laughs> so
1: here's here's my <laughs> whole argument, right, is... I believe, and again, I'm not the person to speak on this as a white man. But... I, All right. But I believe that Chris Tucker's representation of being a black man in the, in the, in the Rush Hour movie starring Jackie Chan as a flawless representation of a Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That these goddamn crows aren't racist. Wait, which ones are... Which one is Owen Wilson in? <laughs> <laughs> that's Shane <Shanghai>, dude. <laughs> that's right. Jackie Chan in that, too? No, yeah. it's... No, it is. That's... Jet Li. No, that's Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. Fuck.
1: Where he goes... Uh, so, yes, what I'm trying to say is if Chris Tucker and Rush Hour 1 through 4 isn't racist, then neither are the crows.
0: That's just Chris Tucker, though. But that doesn't mean he just happens the to be not <laughs> problematic. So you're saying that these crows just happen to be black people?
1: Yes, but they were very specific characters, and most of them were, with the exception of Jiminy Cricket, were played and animated with, and multiple. But these were jobs. These were great jobs in the '40s, like the fucking Jackson brothers.
0: Um so Cliff Edwards, Jiminy Cricket, he's he's Dandy Crow. God damn it. This is gonna be
1: impossible to fucking edit together cohesively, but here's the deal.
0: Oh yeah, well good thing you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I created Deef Troop to give you two weeks. That's true. I I created the need for Doof, deef troop, though. <laughs> 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 but a little bop.
1: bop a wow. <laughs> What, I think what I need to do is make myself feel better by playing some Hall Johnson.
0: No, no, we're almost done. We can play that shit at the end. Hall Johnson. Yeah, Hall Johnson Orchestra—the ones that provided for the ones that provided voice actors for all the rest of the crows, right? Yes, we'll play it at the end. Yeah, let's play it at the end. Okay, fine. Let's just get through the rest of this. I'm fucking stoned.
1: I'm so high right now.
0: Um. So the magic feather is the old trope. You know what the magic, the magic feather makes me, it doesn't matter what the magic feather makes me think of. He gives them a magic feather Uh so that he can fly because they think it's a big fucking joke. Timothy Mouse is convinced that the way they got up in that tree Uh is that they flew.
1: Because they did though, right? Yeah. We haven't seen
0: that yet though. They couldn't have climbed. Not a big old elephant. We've he says, it's the only thing that makes sense, Dumbo. It's your fucking ease. We've, but we've seen elephants climb
1: earlier in this episode. Do you remember the waitresses from the diner?
0: Yes, that is true.
1: So we know elephants are pretty good climbers.
0: Okay. Well, it doesn't matter what we know or what we think. Because the one that comes to the conclusion is my namesake, Timothy Q. Mouse. He says, that's how we fucking got up there, you flow." With his ears, mm-hmm. and then the crows think they bust a gut. They laugh at everything, and when they laugh, I want to laugh. These are sympathetic characters, and we've already talked ad nauseum about everything else around these characters. So let's just enjoy them for the characters that they are, they're, and finish the rest of this piece of fiction. Okay, they're the they're the, they're the best part. They are my favorite. I said they are the coolest cats in the whole fucking. They movie.
1: are the. Fucking best part, and I okay. They're the best part. They, no, they are. They're the, they're the part that I love the most.
0: I love it too. You get. I love <sighs> it too.
1: Okay. You it, every. It's fucking. Sad. The whole movie is so sad until the crows show up.
0: No, they're. I mean, they're they're beacons of hope, but the crows are. Sympathetic joy. Now they they they're gonna laugh at you, but they're gonna laugh at fucking everybody.
1: They're gonna laugh with you. They're gonna laugh at you. Everybody's having a good time.
0: They're having a good time because they're together. Because they're having a good time because they're together. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get I just wanted to get one take where I wasn't tripping over my fucking tongue. We can do that. The really? magic of editing.
1: It's the best part.
0: But it's hard not to laugh at the person when they try to do a mulligan.
1: That's, that's the worst part.
0: Alright. They give him a magic feather. He flaps his wings on a cliffside. And they do the whole, like, person that can walk on air, and then he realizes that he's been walking on air, and he actually can't walk on air, so he just, falls to his death. If That's cartoons, like Wiley Coyote shit. If, if
1: cartoons taught me anything, it's just don't fucking look down. Never
0: look down. Right. If you never look down, you're never going to fall. The magic feather gives him the confidence to where he can fly. They, um, The clouds clear. And he is not standing in thinner. He's hovering with his wings that are making him fly.
1: His wings. He's. We. See, his ears. We see his silhouette over the countryside.
0: Yeah. Um, Did you? Timothy's I, I like, really "Hey, like... Dumbo, it's not gonna be any good." Dumbo, you're fucking flying. So the crows applaud him, <laughs> where they were ridiculing him. Now they are singing his praises like a folk hero. I don't know why he had to be a folk hero. How about they just call him a hero? (laughs) (laughs) So Dumbo is now on the elevated, um, like, 50th story, or they said they were going to raise him up, up to 1,000 feet, which is just unrealistic. That's very um, high. He is very high up right now, and they're doing the whole clown bit again. Um, Timothy Mouse, resting on his nose, says, uh, okay, okay, Dumbo, time to fly, time to fucking fly, you know? And he's like, come on, it's our time, let's do it! As they plummet, uh, he lets go of the magic feather. And now's the time for the lesson, where you realize that you could do it all along. You just have to believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, But it's a little bit uh, rushed by Timothy as they're plummeting to their death, he says. "Uh, Dumbo, you've already flown before. You can always do it. You don't need the feather. The feather was just a a magic trick. You know, come on, let's go. And then there's about ten seconds left of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He fucks with all the clowns that abused him. Because fuck you. He... He
1: finds that little ginger kid.
0: Does he? No. But wouldn't that be great? That kid already got his come up comeuppance by Mrs. Jumbo. He humiliates everybody that ever fucked with him, especially the Karen anti-masker squad. He shoots peanuts like bullets out of his nose. And he is, he is akin to a plane.
1: Death from above. Fuck
0: those bitch-ass elephants. Fuck those bitch-ass elephants. He is such a hit... That the government requisitions him.
1: He, he has to teach other big-eared elephants how to fly and fight the Nazis.
0: Or he just has to show pilots how to do it. A little bit of both. He's uh, Mammal of the Year. And this is maybe the only instance that they actually show Timothy Q. Mouse's name. It's on that, like, autograph thing. Where he's wearing the fucking pilot outfit and shit. It says Timothy Q. I think that's it. I think that's the only place it refers to his name.
1: But how would you have known his name?
0: Because I could read, bitch. Dumbo for defense. Mammal of the year. (laughs) Cool elephant. (laughs) Now we can start the Tim Burton version. Okay. So Danny DeVito... And always let your conscience be your guide. Anyways, I want to do a super cut of... The shit we cut out? Yeah.